Welcome to the Let Us Reason Together broadcast with pastor-teacher Dr. James Sutton of Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church. Please stay tuned to the end of the broadcast for more contact information. And now your host, Dr. James Sutton. We forget why God uses pain. He uses pain, He uses affliction for our betterment. But at the time that we're going through, and we're singing songs like you can make it. It doesn't feel too good. It doesn't feel too good. But there's nothing that's brought about in growth that doesn't feel good. When I was training as an athlete, we lifted weights and we ran, and it was painful. Mm-hmm. But as our body rested, we recouped, and then we were stronger and faster. Mm-hmm. Same thing with you. It's a physical thing, but when we're talking about when your flesh goes through pain, why does God allow you to go through pain? Well, one of the things I want to say, there is a purpose in your pain, and I want to tell you that the purpose in you going through your fleshly pain is to build up the spiritual person that's inside of you. Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting that, the, that God allows your flesh to experience pain, but the purpose for it is to build up something that's not fleshly. Mm-hmm. It's to build up your spirit. Mm-hmm. You say, well, Pastor, how's that, how does that happen? When you go through pain and you use your flesh to so-called look for the cure for pain, you find yourself still in pain. But God wants to see you through enough pain and enough affliction that you will seek him to, to solve your problem, to heal you. Mm-hmm. And one of the pains that we go through is this life is the fact that we are sinners. And sinners go through pain because God said there's a punishment to pain, sinning. What is the punishment to sinning? Death. So by death and experience all that it leads up to death, God is trying to tell us something. He's trying to get us to turn to him. So when you're in pain, there's a purpose for it. It doesn't feel good. It's not what you want to go through. But you don't ask why I'm in pain. What you ask God is, what are you trying to show me about myself? And what are you trying to show me about you? And I guarantee you, if you ask those questions, the first one was going to be, what he's going to show you about yourself is you need him. Mm-hmm. And what he's going to show you about himself is he can handle all your pain. He can take it all away. So the Bible says there's a purpose to our pain. And we study Paul when it comes to that because once Paul got converted, he went from being a superstar to a saint, to a saint that was hunted by his own people. And if he, got, he had many pains. They beat him. They whooped him. They shipwrecked him. And Paul had to understand that part of that pain was because he was being persecuted. And because he was being persecuted, he was being like his Lord. So in being fleshly beaten and having been shipwrecked, bit by a snake, all of those things were to help build his spiritual character. See, a gift that you get from God is given without repentance. That's what the Bible says, that God gives gifts and callings without repentance. Mm -hmm. But the problem is God gives you the gift before your character is developed. And your character only be developed by going through some pain. Mm-hmm. So that you can carry the gift God has given to you. So you're giving a gift. You say, well, I'm giving a gift to preach and God has shown me this. But you got to go through something to be able to utilize the gift right. Because that gift that God has given you without pain can be the same gift that condemns you. Think about Solomon. Because Solomon's character was not developed. Because Solomon's character was not developed. All the wisdom in the world didn't keep him from being lustful, did it? Mm-mm. He was the smartest man in the world, the richest man in the world. But all of that, all of that wisdom, he asked for wisdom. And God said, 
I'm because you asked for wisdom to govern my people. I'm gonna give you material wealth, but all of that did not curb his lust for other women. He was never tested in that area to develop his character. And because he was not tested, all the wisdom in the world did not stop him from sinning. And his sin caused the nation to be written to after his death. Mm -hmm. So when you don't have strong character that has been tested, the likelihood of you abusing the gift is high. Because that gift God gives you, again, he gives you without any qualifications, other than he wants to give it to you for his purpose. Right. But to develop how to use the gift and appreciate the gift, you must go through periods of pain. And Paul had to go. The first time he met Jesus, he was knocked off a horse. He was blinded. Yeah. He didn't know where he was going. He had to be led. That was teaching him humility. In this Amen. walk with Christ, you got you to have some humbleness about yourself. Mm -hmm. See, he was Paul or Saul. The Pharisee of Pharisees, he had more reason to boast about him being in the Jewish religion. But when he met Jesus and got knocked off his horse, he said, who is, the, who, who is this, the Lord? See, you got to learn how to submit yourself. The Bible says submit yourself one to another. So we understand that pain is a part of it. So let's see what the scripture says about pain. Go look at two people. We're going to see what God says in his word about how to deal with pain, all right? All right, let's go. Ch uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Start there. At least I should be exalted above measure. <clears throat> at, least, at least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. At least I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Yes. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Amen. So we have a situation with Paul. Paul said, I experienced the third heavens, and I could glory in what I have experienced that God has re revealed to me. God has revealed something to me and illuminated something to me. And compared to anybody else on earth, nobody has experienced that. But I could glory in that. But God sent a buffer. God sent some pain. And our natural reaction to pain is to do what? Get it removed. God say, he said, God, I've asked you three times to remove this pain from me. This thing, this thorn in my flesh. And Paul didn't understand it at first. He said, the fact that he's, he's telling you from a position from behind it, not in front of it. The front part was, I got a pain. You are with God. God removed the pain. But then God told him, he said, I allow the messenger from Satan to come against you and give you a thorn in the flesh, and I won't remove it. Why? Purpose. So you can stay humble and turn to me. And then Paul began to think. And the Holy Spirit exposed to more things about pain. What the Holy Spirit said is, through the weakness of your flesh and pain, builds the character of your spirit to grow. So only when your flesh is tested can your spirit grow. You say, well, Pastor, is it tested just by the physical pain? I'm talking emotional pain. I'm talking about social pain. I'm talking about the pain that people put on you through family members and friends. You are being tested to see if you're going to take that thing that was done to your flesh and give it to God in the spirit. 
So you got to take everything that's done to you on the outside and internalize it to your Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. And Paul said, well, now what I glory in, I am particularly happy that my flesh is weak because when my flesh is weak, he is strong. Amen. That doesn't make sense. That's counterintuitive to our fleshly logic. I'm strong, God's strong. But what God is saying, no, when you are at your weakness, you surrender to me and let me be the strength. Amen. That's your problem. You haven't been brought down enough to grow up enough. Wow. See, some of us are sitting here and wondering, well, why haven't I grown in the Lord? Why should I be here and I should be there? You haven't experienced enough pain to develop the character. That's why your gift seems to be on stall. God don't want you to go out there and hurt yourself, but if you keep pushing it, he'll let you go out and make a fool of yourself. His passive will will allow you. If you keep saying, God, I want to exercise gift, but I don't want to build my character. I want to exercise gift, but I want to build my character. Eventually, he'll say, go ahead. <laughs> Already knowing that you haven't been through enough pain to carry that gift. He said, too much is given, much is required. Mm-hmm. Well, what if too much is given, going through the pain is required. Mm-hmm. See, what you think of when they say that is the gift. Well, if I got a gift. And he's going to have an expectation of how I use the gift. Yes, he does. But think about this. If much is given, then more is going to have to be sacrificed by me. I'm going to have to sit down. I'm going to have to sacrifice. I'm going to have to be in pain a lot. And the way I deal with pain will determine how well my gifting is, how effective mm-hmm. my gifting is towards other people. Mm-hmm. See, when you would go through something and then say, God is good, you've done a lot. But when you go through something and you just all complain and why am I going through? I don't deserve to go through. Well, the Bible tells us in John, he did it to the green, he's going to do it to the dry. The Bible says it's better to be, you, the best you can be is like your master. You can be never greater than your master. And that, a lot of people think of that in the, in the sense of I'm going to do these things like my master. But see, you have to understand, let's, let's be real. You will not suffer more than Jesus. So you can be like him, but you'll never be greater than him in his glory and his suffering. But it's through your suffering that you identify with Jesus. You were buried and raised with him. You were suffering with him. Paul said, I glory in my suffering because I'm suffering like my Lord. Well, a suffering like his Lord made him powerful in the spirit so he can deal with other people. See, greater works than these that you shall do, that Steve was talking about, I explained to him. Anybody can heal your flesh. Only God can save your soul. Anybody can give you aspirin and you can be healed. Anybody can do your surgery and be healed. And God uses those people. But what is it to do all that healing and then still lose your soul? See, the gospel, which is the power unto salvation, can save a soul. Jesus' ministry was short-lived in a short geographical area. It was only around Judea and Samaria. But he told the disciples, I want you to go not only to Jerusalem, but I want you to go to Samaria and to the outer parts of the earth and preach the gospel. What gospel? The gospel that takes people from death into life. The gospel that raises people from the dead. Ephesians 2 and 4 tells us we were dead in our sins and trespasses and we walked according to the course of this world, to the course of the power of the prince of this air. We were dead, but God. But God is the moment you heard the gospel and accepted the truth. Because the Bible tells us the truth will what? Set us free. So pain is a part of after you accept the truth. Even when he talked to Nicodemus 
in John chapter, I think it's about chapter 2 or 3, when he talks to Nicodemus. He told Nicodemus, you had to be born again. Well, any woman knows being born is a painful thing. So you got to go through the pain of being born again, meaning that you got to go back into the womb of God, come out, go through the gestation period, and be painfully brought into Christ just like everybody else. And guess what? He says, old things pass away, all things become new because you went through the pain. You went through the pain. See, there's something about going through the pain. Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I think verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. Let's see what it says. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. What did it say? For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. No, but for a heavy affliction. Light affliction. Light affliction as opposed to heavy affliction. But it's going to be compared. The only reason you call it light, because <laughs> you got to compare it to something else, right? You compare stuff. You say something's heavy, something's light. This table is heavy compared to this tile. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I know this table is heavier than this tile is because I can compare the two, right? Mm -hmm. So now we have to ask the question, well, how can you call my affliction light? It don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. How you going to call my affliction light? Mm -hmm. It don't feel like it, but it's a comparison. So now we're going to get a comparison. Go ahead and read. Working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And it's work more in weight of glory. The weight of glory that we're going to have is far exceedingly greater than the light affliction that we have in our flesh on this earth. So in other words, what he's saying is what you're going to experience with you with God is greater than what you experience in the flesh. And you can experience good being with God while you're here. You don't have to wait till you get on by and by. You can experience the power of God lifting the light affliction of your flesh and going to an exceedingly Power of his resurrection. Amen. Go ahead. While we look not at the things which are seen, mm -hmm. but at the things which are not seen. Mm -hmm. For the things which are seen are temporal, uh -huh. but the things which are not seen are eternal. So, check it out. He just told you, this is the transition, sister. You might not catch it. Read that again. I want you to pay attention to this. So well, we got, hold on. We got light afflictions compared to the glory of God. So that's the comparison. That's the weight. The weight of the glory is bigger than what we experience in the flesh. Now they give you another comparison versus seeing and unseen. And they're saying what you don't see is greater than what you do see. Amen. Read it again. While we look not at the things which are seen. Hold on. We look not. How can you look not at what is out there? That's like saying I don't, look, I don't see this TV. So I look not at this television. Go ahead. But at the things which are not seen. But look at, how can I look at what's not seen? This girl, how can I look at something that's not seen? If it's not there, it can't be seen, right? That's right. Steve, right? That's right. That's natural speaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we have a spiritual eye that can see all things. All things. <laughs> see, see, that, see, see, he's saying, use my spiritual eye and look past the television. Uh -huh. mm. And then look, lose my spiritual eye to see the unseen things which are the glory of God. Hallelujah. So read the whole passage again. The whole thing, starting at 17. For our light affliction, which uh -huh. is but for a moment. But for a moment. Life is but a vapor. That's the Bible say. For a moment. Go ahead. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The key word is working. Think about this. All things work for the what? Good. Good. For those who what? 
According called according to his what? Purpose. Purpose. So this worketh what worketh what? Far more. Far more. Not just a little more. Far, Far more. So what I'm going through in my light affliction worketh whatever I'm going through is working to do something in me. But it's not natural. It's supernatural. It's spiritual. He's using the flesh to stir up the pure spirit, to stir up the pure mind, to renew my mind. The pain that I go through here, I can turn to God at any point in time. All right? Go ahead. Worketh for us a more far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Mm -hmm. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Mm -hmm. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So the things that we see are going to pass away. Mm -hmm. But it's what we can't see that we should be looking at. Now think about Amen. what we can't see on this earth, what you would be looking at in the spirit, that's going to be eternal. You are spiritual beings as well as you are flesh beings. And what God is trying to get you to do is walk by the spirit and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. That's what the Bible say. But the only way you're going to walk by faith is to have to go through something. You're not going to just do it on your own. You're going to have to be pushed into it, kicked into it. He says, by love and kindness have I drawn thee. The problem with the draw part is people understand that Greek word for draw means kicking and screaming. He said, by my love, I'm going to bring you in, but you're going to come kicking and screaming because you don't want to go through nothing. So many people come to Christ and believe that once I come to Christ, I don't have to go through anything. That's not true. There's too many passages. You just read a passage talking about your light affliction. You just read a passage about the great St. Paul having something that was messing with his flesh. A, a, a messenger from Satan. Mm. Not just any old thing. This is coming from Satan himself. Go mess with Paul. Mm. But there's one person I want to end up with that we need to think about. It's Job. Think about this. Job is an example of someone that, because God put him in that situation. God said, have you considered my servant, Job? He said that to Satan. And Satan said, yeah, I consider him. I ain't no fool. You got a hedge of protection around him all the time. Why would I go mess with him? You won't let me mess with him. You ain't let me mess with him up to this point. Why should I go mess with somebody you got a hedge of protection around? But I tell you what, God, let, let me tell you something. If you remove that had your protection from around him. I'll give him the curse of you to your, to your face. Mm -hmm. He said, I'll get Job if you will lift your hands and quit watching his back, his front, and his side. I will get him to curse you. He said, okay, I'll tell you what. It's on. You can do everything you want to do to Job, but don't kill him. He said, okay, that's going to be easy. So Satan began to move against Job bring back bitings, backstabbing, disease, people talking about them, 
all this stuff that was conspired. He lost his family. He lost his livestock. He lost his place. His friends came against him. Satan is running all of this stuff. People are Satan is running stuff against you through other people and things are happening to you. You lose this stuff. You don't know why you lose this stuff. And you say, oh my God. He say, and your friends come and tell you, look, you it's your fault. You didn't did something wrong. And then somebody close to you is going to say, look, just curse God and die like his wife did. Get it over with. Get it over with. The affliction is too heavy. And God is not moving the way I want him to move. But Job said something in the beginning that really, really is, is just like my grace is sufficient. Paul had to learn through affliction to count on God's grace. And let it be a, a, a effective and efficient and sufficient for the day. See, you got to learn to count on the grace of God, even in the perilous times of your life. In the pain of your life, you got to count on God's grace. So did Job. After his friends came and tried to explain what happened to him and why it happened to him, after his wife said, curse God and go ahead and die, he told his wife, you sound foolish. And he said one thing. And I'm going to end with that. This just runs parallel. He said, and he said this with all his heart. He said, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What? What you mean, Joe? All this has happened to you. Everything is going wrong in your life. I'll take your wife, your children, Everybody. You lost your place in society. You lost your money. You lost everything you counted on. What has happened, Job even said, what I feared the most has come upon me. Job feared about losing what God had given him, not knowing that God can give him much more. So, But when Job learned his lesson, he said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh, and blessed be the name of the Lord. See, you got to get to the point where you got to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. You got to say, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. Lord, your grace is sufficient for today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So you got to put those two together. You're going to take, you're going to give. But your grace is sufficient for today. Because what I'm going through is a light affliction compared to the glory that I'm going to experience. I don't have to look at what's here. I'm going to look at what's not manifesting. Because I know on the other side of this, somehow or another, on the other side of my light affliction, is your prosperity. It's what you want me to have. And the minute I turn to you and give it over to God, God can begin to move in your life and that unmerited favor can be released because guess what happened to Job? Job got everything restored to him that the locusts had eaten. Job got a better family, more money, and everything that he lost, he got more of because at some point or another, he said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's what you got to say. You got to say the Lord give it, the Lord take Come on. You got to say the Lord's grace is sufficient. Come on. For you, I know y'all going through pain up in here. I know you're going through, you, you, you're not feeling like you used to. But there's a greater glory to experience, and that is in the Lord. So you keep praying to God and ask God to show you his power. Come on. He may get you up out the wheelchair. He did that for James. He did that for some of you. But the greater good is that your soul is saved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The greater thing is that you can tell yes, somebody about yes, Jesus yes. in your state of pain mm -hmm. and get somebody saved. Isn't it interesting that you can preach the gospel in a state of pain and get somebody else saved, but you end up dying yourself? Mm -hmm. 
But see, you're not dead because the Bible says for us, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Even Paul said it would be better for me if I went away. But for you, I have to stay. Don't you know the better state is to be with God? Why are you hanging on to this life so hard? Why are you hanging on to this life so hard? The better state is to be with God. You're scared to be with God because you don't know if you're going to be with God. But for those of us who know, come on, Patrick. If those of us who know we're going to be with God, I'm not scared to die. What am I scared of? God and died and covered my sins. Because I confessed him. He said, if you don't, if you act like you don't know me over here, I'm not going to know you over there. He's going to say, work of iniquity, remove yourself from my presence. He said, I don't know you. Well, I done did this. I done went to church. I done passed out. I done talked about you. I done called you God. I called on him. I called on you when I got in trouble, but you didn't leave a life when you wasn't in trouble to glorify me. So you called on my title, but you never called on my what? Name. He said, you called on my title, but you never called on my name. You play with it if you want to. I tell you what, if I'm wrong, then I just live a good life. Believing that Jesus don't, don't exist. But if I'm right, if you don't call on the name of Jesus, you're going to bust hell right open. Yeah. You're going to be sitting down in hell looking up at the people in heaven saying, I could have went. There's a story in the Bible about somebody who went to hell. A rich man who went to hell. And he wanted to go back and tell his brothers, you don't want to come down here. He said, can you just dip your finger in some water and have my servant who's with you Hold on, he's still trying to boss his servant around who's in heaven. Can you ask the servant that's in heaven with you, Abraham, dip his finger in some water and put it on my tongue because it's too hot down here. I'm thirsty. He said, don't work like that. He said, well, can I go back and tell my brothers about, don't come here. He said, don't work like that. He said, because if they don't believe the prophets, the teachers, the pastors, the preachers, the priests, the evangelists that I sent to them, how are they going to believe a ghost? <laughs> you got to believe on this side of things. You can't wait till you get on that side of things because ain't no decisions. Your decision has been made. Yeah. And the sad part about it is God offers his, his salvation free. He died. You ain't got to die. All you got to do is die to yourself. You ain't got to do nothing. But believe upon him as the scripture said, and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's John 7, 38. Come to me all who thirsty. You got to be thirsty to come to God. What is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? I tell you what, I don't want to know. Amen. I don't want to know. So I want you to think about that today. Purpose or pain. The purpose of your pain so that you can see God. And you won't see God until you've been through something. I didn't come to God until I had to go through something. And that was 365 days of being away from my family. Mm -hmm. I had to go through to see God. He was always here. Mm -hmm. But see, God knew what it would take to get me. So he knew that I had to remove him from the whole world. I had to take all this stuff. It's like our Job experience. I lost everything. My status, my place, my money, all of that. And God say, you thirsty yet? You doggone right I'm thirsty. I want Thank you for listening in today to Let Us Reason Together broadcast with Dr. James Sutton. You may send letters of prayerful support and your tax-deductible financial gift to Walk in Truth, 7852 Milan Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 63130. If you are in need of prayer or would like to contact the ministry, call us at 314-629-0024. You can also visit the ministry website at www.walkintruthministries.com or email us at witmin at yahoo.com. And be sure to check us out at Walk in Truth Ministries on Facebook and Walk in Truth Radio SoundCloud. 
Be sure to tune in next week for another thought-provoking broadcast from Let Us Reason Together.